Relax yourself, let your conscience be free. You now roll with the dude named MAV. Relax yourself, let your conscience be free. You now roll with the dude named MAV. Relax yourself, let your conscience be free. You now roll with the dude named MAV. Relax yourself, let your conscience be free. You now roll with the dude named MAV. Happy Sunday, fun day, everyone. This is Charlie Maverick, and this is the Mavcast brought to you by the Mavcast Podcast Network. Oh, I'm so happy to be here today with you. Blessed and highly favored I am on this Sunday, fun day. I hope you're having a good morning, a great weekend, a great year. Oh, I'm so excited about what's about to transpire today. You, you have no idea. So I'm going to tell you. I have my first cousin. Oh, man, this is going to be great. Reginald Smith. Same last name, so you know it's official. <laughs> We're going to talk about a whole bunch of great topics from educating people and empowering them to get back to and gaining financial freedom. And we're going to talk about some things that transpired to get up to that point for him. And we're going to have a, a little fun. You know, we, we always like to have fun over here. So before we get started, I want to make sure you guys know how to follow me on social media. Follow me socially on all the platforms at Charlie Maverick. You can find me, photos of the grilling stuff I do with the Backyard Pitmaster podcast. You can find the bonus content i do offside you know besides the live shows and you can find a whole bunch of shenanigans that happen on social media with myself and try to promote the show get people out there and uh you know showing love to my content creating partners oh yeah i hope everyone is doing well as i stated before i'm totally psyched and without further ado i want to bring in this great, great man. Oh, man. You just don't know what you're in store for right now. You, you just don't know. So I want to give a big hand clap. A big hand clap. I say a big hand clap to Reginald Smith. Thank How you, you doing, man? You. man? Thank you, man. It's good to be on the show, man. How you doing? I'm happy to have you on the show, and I'm doing well, doing really well. Um, we talk on social media a lot, and uh, we don't usually talk voice to voice. So it's awesome, awesome to uh, hear your voice. I was telling you earlier that you sound just like your father the older you get. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, I try to uh, try to be him, uh, you know, be the way that he was. Um, this is great to to feel connected to some of my father i love him very much yeah so how's he doing he's doing well right yeah he's doing great he's doing great uh he's out there in uh lafayette louisiana broussard uh and just dealing with the COVID situation so everybody's kind of isolated right now but uh we love him and um he's he's doing well that's good give him a shout out when you get a chance um it's always Glad to see you guys. It's been some years. Um, not too long, but it's it's been still overdue since we've seen each other. I think, when was the last time um, we went to, um, came to Baton Rouge to see? I think it was um, 14, 15, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh, before that, right after Katrina, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah, 2000 or 2005, I believe. So yeah, it's yeah. been a long time, but we're here. You know, we're here. That's we're here. right. That's right. So you, uh, you and your family had to deal with uh, Hurricane Ida uh, recently. Yeah. yeah. And you made man. it out of that really well. So tell us a little bit of what you went through, because I know you lost power for some days. Man, pretty much, uh, you know, Ida hit uh, August 29th, um, that Sunday, and, you know, lost power, strong winds. Um, it basically, man, just came in, uh, ripped up everything through here. Um, I stay in the Gonzales um, area. Um, it uprooted a lot of big trees, you know, uh, took people roofing, fences, things of that nature. Uh, nobody I know that got hurt, but uh, my area was with our power for, you know, basically like two weeks. Um, it wow. was real hard. Yeah, it was real hard out here. Um, but uh, thank God for family and, and friends and people just looking out just consistently, uh, you know, checking on, you know, me and my wife, Taisha. And, uh, you know, just to have a grateful uh, to have people and family to, uh, that you could rely on um, in that time. So it was hard, but uh, we had family backing us. Yeah, that means a lot. I think you're, I wouldn't say used to having storms like that, but it comes so frequent. I guess you are as prepared as you can be, right? Yeah, but you never really know what's going to happen. <laughs> no, you never, you never really know, man. Louisiana, one day it could be sunny, then the next day, man, all hell break loose. So <laughs> no, that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely a factor. So between Ida and the other storms in the past, what was the level of comparison between Ida and, and what you experienced before? Um, the difference between Ida and the storms of the past, man, Ida just was more personal. It's like it, it, it stayed on its path coming to us. So it's like it was just more intense, man, like people with the gas lines, just food, everything. Like everybody was just, was just going crazy. And there's not too much you can do. In that time period, because you know it's coming straight toward you. So the only thing yeah. you can do is just pretty much stay in prayer and just hope for the best. Um, I just, you know, gave it to God, and just asked Him for His protection, and that's all you can do. Um, you know, yeah, you know, been through the storm and rain, so you go through it, you deal with it. Um, just never complain because it could be worse. You know, you could we could have lost everything, but uh, to God be the glory. Mm -hmm. um, nothing was lost, and um, I just thankful because, uh, like I said, uh, I, I could deal with not having power. And things of that nature, but you know, you got other people that are lost things and still without power. So, you just want to still keep them, yeah, still, yeah, definitely wow. in New Orleans, yeah, definitely in New Orleans, home area. Just want to, uh, you know, just keep them in prayer and, um, as energy and the other companies, we're thankful for them that they're still uh, trying to give people power. So, you know, we're just thankful for right now and uh, just continually uh, pray for the work that's being done for the devastation that was caused by Ida. Wow. Still no power, man. Yeah. Dang, that is that's rough, and it is substantially hotter in uh, that part of the country than other parts. Humid, hot, just like muggy. How'd you? Uh, before you went over to, um, I think it was your in-laws. How uncomfortable was it to be in that house without power, man? You start thinking about all kind of things. You're isolated. It's quiet. Um, it's as high as I don't know what. You know, it's it's, it's just it's unbearable. Um, yeah. I, you know, I I stayed here a whole day. Um, and my wife was like, "Hey, we can't do it." 
I was like, yes, I can. But after experiencing <laughs> that day, I was like, I gotta go. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I know I'm a country boy, but this this past being country, this is just this don't make no sense. It was a different type of hot when the house ain't got no gas circulating in it. But uh, hey, was able to get out of it. So <laughs> like I said, I'm yeah. thankful. It was one of the hottest summers on record, I believe, and you had to deal yeah. with it. Oh man, that's crazy. So yeah, what happened to the food in the house? Did you have to dump everything or were you able to salvage some of it? No, everything was gone. All the food was oh. gone. Um, a lot of moisture in the house, uh, things of that nature, but nothing that couldn't be remedied with uh, cleaning, uh, things of that nature. Uh, it, it showed you that every household in Louisiana now, I, I feel, needs a, a generator, a generator, or something attached to the house. So when they build these houses, man, they need to definitely uh, add that. Uh, to the mm, criteria yeah. of uh, having a home in Louisiana if you're going to stay out here because uh, we're definitely going to have a storm every year, something that's going to transpire that affects our lives. Man, yeah. So for those who don't know, I'm from South Carolina and frequently have storms, but, you know, in the Gulf Coast, golly, it's it's almost a guarantee you get some type of, of storm hit every year. Have you ever thought about moving? Uh, sometimes, but hey, if I move to the west, I'm gonna deal with earthquakes. If I, if I, if I, if I, if I move to the east, hey, I mean, I'm gonna be dealing with that the bad weather as well. It's gonna be even worse because I'm closer to the coast. So either way I go, if I move up north, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be cold, chilly. So I, I don't know. It's no matter where you move, you gotta deal with it. But uh, I've been doing it for so long in my whole life. Um, I just know how to deal with it, man. I, I, I felt like I've been through. Uh, worse things than this. So uh, just dealing with a storm, it's just one of the parts of living down south. Yeah, you got a point there. I, I tried to think about what, what place in the country is free of any type of natural disaster. And I'm like, well, natural disaster, maybe Montana might be good. <laughs> but <laughs> to your point, it's cold. <laughs> I mean, right. Nebraska, still cold. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a trade off you got to deal with, but you know, you you do get used to it. You do prepare. It's always annoying when when like the build up to the storm. The build up to the storm is sometimes worse than the actual storm, and then you have to deal with the aftermath, like the the before and after, not the during. Because as you were saying before, people were like hoarding all the gas, and they probably took everything off the shelf. You know, at the grocery store, and if you didn't get there in time, you know, you you just out of luck. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah that's facts. That's, that's, yeah. that's facts, man. I think, uh, I think with this one, I think, uh, you know, it was good to be cautious. Uh, but yeah, it definitely was a storm. Normally, you could kind of you know get away with not getting too much, but this time, yeah. I think a lot of people made the right choice of getting getting a lot of the things that they need because when it came to certain things like gas or whatever, uh, we were blessed to be able to uh, to have gas because of my job and the things that I do. So their job was giving out gas, ten gallons, twenty gallons. So uh, that was a real oh, big nice. blessing. When came, yeah, that was a real big blessing when it came to that. And uh, you know, just you know, just seeing uh, what people was going through made just reminded you to. Always uh, have everything together, man, when it comes to stuff, man. So uh, I just plan to just continually do better, plan better, continually to grow, because you're always learning, even um, 
you feel like you know everything is always something that's, that's teaching you something so Ida definitely taught uh mm. what things have in play when it comes to the household ah so there is a literal blessing in the storm learning that life lesson yeah mm. man so COVID's still out here running rapid <laughs> yes. um so how are you dealing with COVID? What, what what type of changes in life did you have to make and, and concessions and all that try to deal with this pandemic? Oh, for me, it's uh, just getting used to, um, you know, wearing a mask and just being mindful of uh, the environment and, and who's around. Um, you know, consistently seeing people, uh, you know, die from the Delta variant, um, you know, as an eye opener. Um, it really teaches you to focus on your health, uh, like mental health, everything, because everything plays a, a major part um, of mm. our lives. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're very unhealthy, you might want to, you know, get very serious about um, your health because it is real. Um, being in the hospital setting, uh, working um, partially in that area, um, I see it a lot, man. It's, uh, um, it's hitting folks and it's hitting hard. But if you take the proper yeah. precautions, you know, um, I can't tell people to take the vaccine. I'm one that have taken the vaccine. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that it's not nothing that's going to save the world, but I know um, it can at least help fight uh, the virus. So um, I urge people, you know, to take it, you know, but it's definitely um, an individual choice. And it was my choice to take it for myself. Yeah, I think um, I think people just have to respect the choice of each other, you know, right or wrong. It's your yeah. decision. Uh, you, hopefully, you just do your homework and, and make a logical decision that's better for you. Um, I, I understand the whole thing about, you know, historically, um, like people don't really trust the vaccines because of the Tuskegee thing, you know? Uh, that's real. Uh, it definitely could happen again. And I, I do understand the hesitation. And plus, you know, um, you just have to again do your research because there's some things that the media is leaving out just because they're pushing a narrative but at the end of the day again you have to make the choice that's best for you and respect the decision of others that amen to that that is correct man that's correct so um you were a police officer in the past um and i i want to ask you some because i wanted to ask you this last year but I don't think it was the right timing, but now we'll get to why this is a good time. Um, but I wanted to ask you, when the whole thing with George Floyd transpired, what was the atmosphere that you had to deal with um, just to, you know, maintain composure, um, stay true to yourself and, and balance a whole bunch of different emotions? Well... At the time, uh, being an officer myself, um, I was very angry because um, that's not something that's taught um, to put your knee on someone's neck. Um, as a black man, um, you know, in America, you know, I was really, I was really hurt about it. Um, yeah, you're held to a certain um, standard when it comes to being an officer. So they, they definitely um, handled that uh, wrong when it came to the situation. Um, you know, um, I was never scared to to really speak on it, because uh, I'm always speaking my opinion. Um, I never let a job or uh, something dictate, uh, you know, my beliefs. But I will say this, um, I'm glad justice um, was done. Um, like I said, it's nothing, it's, it's not something that's taught. 
And I know when mm -hmm. I was in law enforcement, um, you know, I held my counterparts um, accountable for anything that occurred. Um, but I was blessed to be in a situation, be a part of an agency to where um, I know we didn't operate in that nature when it comes to uh, especially dealing with our people or any other um, nationality. So um, um, it's sad that it's happening and it's sad that it's still happening. But um, again, you know, officers just have to continually uh, hold each other accountable, you know, set the standard. Um, if you're African American, you know, you be proud of who you are, even at that job. And um, you do what you need to do and uh, just keep God first. And I believe that they'll continue to make the right decision. So, um, you know, shout out to, um, you know, African American officers that's, that's holding the fort down, uh, still doing their thing. But yet, um, I, I, you know, I, I challenge them to um, hold their counterparts accountable for their action and to set the mm -hmm. standard and to, you know, we, we can, um, they can take hold of, you know, knocking these things from happening, um, you know, for the future and just have a better future, man, working together. What, what made you want to become a police officer? I would have to say um, my oldest brother, Sherman, just um, his outlook, just his energy. Uh, and I also believe that I, I love people. Um, I've always believed in people. I've always been helping people um, since I was small. So to be able to, um, you know, help people and, and change people's lives by just, you know, being an example and to the young people and just uh, just, just teaching them something different that, hey, um, you know, we can do good, we can be great. And um, that's what it was all about for me, just pretty much, you know, uh, trying to change the young people's lives and anybody that I came in contact with, whether it was someone that was uh, in, the, in the jail or a young person I can minister to, I always took the time to pull up to the side and at least plant a seed. Um, so therefore, like when they did get out, when they saw me, they would be like, hey, what's up, Sarge? How you doing? Man, I'm doing something different. So that was a bigger mm -hmm. blessing, you know, to know that a young person was able to be changed because you plant a seed versus you're sitting there tearing them down and telling them they can't be something when they can't be. So that was my outlook on do you think most police officers have that good intent when they uh, go in to be an officer and maybe some things change over time, you know, just being around bad, toxic people? Um, or do you think it's like a certain percentage that goes in kind of like maybe people that go into the military it sees it's an opportunity for control? I think when it comes to individuals, I think uh, some going for power uh some going to uh, to help you know because they want to um, be different and, and change people's lives it's all about the individuality that go into it but yes i think some are easily controlled by the, uh, the systematic approach of uh, what is being told to do you can become brainwashed by the rules and regulation because um they they, they said you know hold the line and um, you know, I got your six and this and that, but as if you're going to hold the line and, you know, watch each other's back, you definitely got to keep a standard. So, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, it definitely comes to the individuality. That's why um, I'm glad that, you know, um, my father, you know, just taught us how to be strong minded. So when it came to, you know, being an officer, I was definitely strong in faith and strong in who I am. And, you know, having a backbone, you know, like my wife, you know, she consistently reminded me of the things that, you know, if I got lost, she reminded me, remember, you know, number one, that, you know, you're black, you're a black man in America mm -hmm. and, you know, you got to lead by example. So, um, 
If I did drift a little bit, you know, you got to have a, a strong back and then people around you, a circle of people around you, that's going to definitely, man, uh, point you in the right direction. Because you got have a group of people around you that are, have you uh, doing things that you shouldn't be doing. You got have a group of people, man, that take you to your next level and that unconditionally love you. And that's the people that you want to have around you. Did you what what type of um surroundings did you have out of those two mostly? Oh, for me, man, um I had a strong uh circle. Um um people that just encouraged me from, you know, my brothers, you know, my friends, uh, people that, you know, um invested into my life. Um I always I always try to keep positive people around me. Um and even if people weren't around, my faith is what kept me the most because I consistently stayed in prayer as I walked out the door and um, you know, just being a deputy. Um, I always wanted to make the right decision when I stepped onto the door. I never got caught up in um and yeah, I was a leader, um, being a sergeant and things of that nature because that didn't matter. What mattered was the man behind the shield. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it when it when it comes down to it, it's the it's the man that's 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 really the standard of of the uniform. So you know, for myself and um and for others that I know that um were strong and still strong, they're still doing it. Um, you know, like I said, you know, you just challenging the continually, uh, you know, just keep God first, be an example, and change the narrative because the narrative can be changed if uh, the people work together. Uh, community and and police, but police have to be open to what the community has to say. They can't sit there and hold a blind eye to the things that's happening. Not all are holding mm. a blind eye, but you know, there's a lot of it going on. But um, yeah. I know as us as blacks, you know, we we deal with a lot of backlash of things, and people think that we sit here and we we just cry out and we cry wolf. But it's a lot of things that's happening to us, and it's a lot of things that I particularly see. But one thing I can say true in my heart being in the profession was that um, I never got caught up into uh, doing something that was wrong to others. So I could look back on my journey as being an officer as a blessing because I believe I changed people's lives. And I believe that there's young people out there doing something different because I chose to be something different and, and, and hold a standard. Well said. Uh, what made you discontinue your tenure as a police officer? Well, <laughs> to be honest about that situation, keep um, it real. Much, yeah, yeah, man. My uh, my uh, agency uh, pretty much messed over me. Uh, pretty much in a nutshell, uh, uh, a white inmate came in. They claimed they had COVID. Um, my captain uh, ordered for the guy to be put online. Um, Central Booking uh, made a call to bring the guy um to a building didn't contact me we have radios nobody followed procedure inside the department and you had a lot of people drop the ball from a another sergeant to a corporate that was actually uh in the cage when the inmate went online so uh you know they held me accountable for for the people's action when i shouldn't even be held accountable but you know at this point in time man you know god got me on a different page um it is what it is i forgive the people that done me wrong because I I'm allowed I allow God to deal with that and I had to hear from that because you know God gave me a journey of 12 years and I'm thankful to be able to change the people out that I did change but the people that done me wrong they will be held accountable in God's time and that's something that um you know just being an example like you know God to show you that 
in that time of, uh, you know, when you fall or something happened, man, that he got you. And the fact that God showed me that he got me in that time, man, I, I didn't know what I was going to do, man. Um, I felt alone. You know, I felt a little mm -hmm. scared, but God, you know, he showed me, man, like he he did Job. He he tested Job. Job never cursed God. He never turned on God. And that's something that I, I didn't do. I didn't turn on God. I, I never, I never just, I just stayed in prayer. And I seen what God could do in a short amount of time. So even though that bad thing happened to me, and even though, you know, I know things wasn't my fault and the people know things wasn't my fault, um, you know, God gonna deal with that, you know? And um, it's bad that it happened because I loved what I, what I used to do, but now I'm on a different journey. I'm doing different things with positive energy. I love the people still that I, you know, I used to work with no, no anger, nothing like that. And I wish everyone well that's still there um, to continue doing their job and to continue being a blessing and do the right thing. Wow. That, that is a awesome way to look at it. Um, I know that you are really uh, spiritual, um, you know, because, um, you know, you talk about God a lot and how it grounds you in the universe. That's great. Um, I, I dropped the episode this past weekend about reinventing yourself. And this seems like the opportunity that you had to rework yourself as a person and find a new direction. Uh, what was that new path that you took that God led you towards? Well, the path started about two, two and a half years ago. Um, I would say that um, God was just leading and guiding me to entrepreneurship um i knew that um that i wanted to get into something but i wasn't sure um but god placed um, a young man in my life um his name is uh, uh deontay thomas man you know shout out to him um, a great mentor um in the real estate game um younger younger than me but man he sat down man uh you know plant a seed uh sat in my house and just gave me the blueprint and I just felt the fire from that. And I just kept asking myself, like, how can I change my dynamic of a nine to five to, you know, to owning things, to be in charge of my own life? And just started taking the necessary steps, you know, with the guidance and the mentorship, man, the great mentorship that, that was given. And um, now uh, just on fire myself, man, uh, you know, buying properties um, on a total of four within two years. Uh, just was wow. eager to eager to um to own things uh as they say uh take back the block or just take back um into things man not letting everybody not in other cultures you know own stuff man it's time for you know our people to own things and to educate others so I want to be an example to be a leader to know that hey you know things can happen things can change but you want to be prepared you want to have things in order you know you want to you know, have things set up where it's just not a job giving you money. You know, people don't understand what is residual income. How can mm -hmm. you make that, you know, go into effect and make that a part of your life? And I decided to make that a part of my life um, before things change. And um, it was the best decision I ever made because a lot of people are scared because to get out of their comfort zone. And if you yeah. can step out of your comfort zone and look, and just step out there, man. Anything is possible. You know, you know, you hear a lot of people say that, but it is possible. You have to yeah. put in the work. You have to put in the energy. You got to believe when nobody else believes because it's your vision. It's nobody else's vision about. but yours. 
And when you believe in the vision, you know, man, hey, you make it happen, you make it plain, it's gonna be ups, it's gonna be downs. That's right. But you continually work through it and believe you're gonna see the sunshine in the tunnel. So if you believe that, and number one, like as you said, you know, we keep God first because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthen me. And that's my favorite scripture because I say it a lot, I stand on that. So, uh, yeah. Let's and give also, a hand clap to that real yeah. quick. Let's give a hand clap to that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so tell us about your, you said you owned um, four properties in the past year. So what was the experience of how the first one went and how it progressed with the other three? Um, as far as the first one, there was a lot of um, trial and error. Um, number one, it's getting uh, financial people to believe in how serious you are about your goals, how serious you are about your business. Because when you're starting a business in that nature, man, you have to be on point. You, it's not something mm-hmm. that you can mess around with. So I believe that, um, you know, when it came to me and my wife wanting to start this business, um, you know, shout out to Taisha um, with First Step Freedom Housing um, and our mm-hmm. vision of, of getting it started. Um, we had to lock in. Um, we, you know, we just financially, you know, decided to, you know, put, make money, you know, put money together, um, just put our business name in order, put uh, the process into play. Um, just following everything that was given to us as far as the guideline, guidelines or what we needed to do with our business. So therefore, we went to a financial institute like a bank or something like that to let them know what is our plan. They're going to respect it. So definitely, um, people had to respect how we was coming because we came professional, we came prepared, we came honest, and we came real. And also, we had that credit in order as well. So, right. you know... You want to have those things in play, man. You're gonna once the door is open, with that first process, when it when it's time to go back and do other things, you know, financially or whatever, with anybody in conducting business, it's gonna be easy for people to say, "Oh yeah, 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 I'm yeah, it's you. Um, we're definitely gonna deal with you. You're definitely show show that you can, you know, take care of your business or do the things that that's needed to be done, you know. So, yeah. um. Yeah, that, that that was the process of, 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 you know, just getting started and leading to other things. You know, after that first time, things become easier. You learn, you grow, mm-hmm. you do things a little different. Um, and then you can teach people how to become financially independent. We wanted to own. We wanted to be in charge of our own lives. It wasn't about uh, what people saw. We just wanted to be free. Free is not so much about rich. Free is about having the ability to wake up and say to yourself, man, I can wake up and do the things that I want to do when I'm in control of, of my peace. I'm in control of my life and can't nobody tell me um, what I'm capable of doing because I decided to make a choice to control my freedom. All right. Wow. Now, that's deep. Um, so you're in the business with your wife. Um, so do both of y'all kind of like what what roles do each of you play in in that um, aspect of acquiring these homes? Well, we kind of feed off each other. She's the financial guru of uh, putting the money together as far as what is the plan. Uh, she's very strict on, on the things that we do. 
as far as uh, finance when it comes to the home or when it comes to us dealing with with business. Um, you know, my part, I, I get very hungry by visually seeing uh, where uh, we want to go with, with, with buying them. Like, uh, you know, what do we want to do? Three bedroom, four bedroom. We're looking at what can help uh, families in this time and what they need to be comfortable and how can we educate them while we're housing them and them, uh, we're being that landlord, just teaching them financial freedom from the credit to whatever. So it's pretty much um, just feeding off each other, uh, being locked in, uh, holding each other accountable when it comes to stuff because things does happen and you both have to be locked in. You have to wake up because guess what? I mean, every day you're in charge of something. So if something happens, you know, Reginald and, and, and Taisha are responsible for the things that happen. But we have been blessed to, you know, be on the same page with with this task. And um, it's all about um, getting it done and giving 110% to the task that needs to be done, you know. That's awesome. So you, you have this other part of your entrepreneurship and you do credit repair. Um, how did you get started with that? And, and how does that work in association with the uh buying the property and being the landlord type of, um, you know, position? Well, um, yes, I'm Redden Smith, a.k.a. credit repair specialist. Uh, just anybody need help, uh, reach out to me, uh, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Redden versus Jabbar. Uh, you can message me, um, even give me a call. Um, we'll talk about that later. But as far as uh, when it comes down to the credit part, you know, it. I became in love with credit because I realized it was the foundation for, uh, especially African American families, to you know, to be able to grow. Um, without having a credit score, man, it's not a lot of things that we can do. And like I said, you know, when I first got married, man, wasn't a lot of things that I can do, man. I remember we, you know, was in a two bedroom apartment and um, out in Baton Rouge, and you know, my wife asking me, you know, are we going to be able to get a home? I'm looking at like, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> how that make that, you that, feel? Yeah, that, that, that made me, that made me question myself, man. Am I doing enough as a man? Uh, it didn't oh. make me, uh, it made me become hungrier because, you know, when you're taught to take care of your family, man, you got to do everything possible. You know, a lot of men get offended, you know, when a woman asks them a question on things that I need, but man, you got to take that as a grain of salt, man, and grow from that. That you right. gotta sit there and and find out and come up with a game plan. How can I get it done? And again, I decided to you know look at my score. Um, I had a friend named Jamel Knighton who introduced me to somebody. I never forget that. I was sitting in my apartment and we we I reached out to him and uh, me and the young man that he uh, referred me to just talked about how to put those things in order and to pay certain things and to do certain things. So that's how my love began. But me being in myself. Um, helping people with credit is just not your credit score. It's the responsibility of handling your finance. It's the responsibility mm. of paying your bills. It's the responsibility of understanding uh, what do you do with your money when it comes to things that you have to take care of. People don't understand is that if you are responsible and paying things on time, don't buy things that you don't need just because you want to please others. Buy, go, there's a difference between a want and a need. When you can decide that there's a need more important than a want and be responsible, then you can grow to a want. 
but you have to put yourself in a position to be able to handle that because you try to break generational curses. So, um, Amen. I yeah, I got in, I got into credit um, with Chrissy on uh, the credit plug. She introduced me to credit, and she mentored me. Uh, um, shout out to the Power Up Group um, that you know it's nothing but love and just continual growth um, in that family. Um, they taught me, they mentored me with with with, with training and and education on and planting seeds in people's lives and it's just pretty much man uh making a difference in people changing the culture because our culture been taught that we don't deserve anything but it's time to take back mm -hmm. our culture and to teach our people man as well as other cultures man that you know we could do anything we're powerful people but we have to be able and willing to receive the knowledge that's out there so i feel like that's my my goal is to give people that knowledge that understand the things that they don't know Hey, I want to give it to them. I want to help. If you grow, I grow. If we grow, mm. our culture grows. If our culture grows, there's change. When the change comes, we get the owning stuff. We get to be in charge of stuff. We don't get to just sit back and watch other cultures own stuff. We get to buy back the block. We get to sit there and own financial institutions. We need to take ownership versus always uh letting other people be in charge of us so it's just making the decision man to understand what is the capability of understand what credit is all about and once you understand you better preach you boy in, yeah you lock in on that man <laughs> you lock in on that man it's it's, it's it becomes um addictive so you yeah. know i challenge everyone that's you know that's on the podcast man you know you know decide to be great decide to you know, take charge of your life, decide to be in control of your own destiny because can't nobody tell you who you are. I never want, I never want to let anybody tell me who Reginald Jabbar Smith was. I never mm. want to say that, hey, just because I came from a small country town, I couldn't be great. You know, now, you know, I now I have a network. Now I have things that I'm in control of. And just because bad things happen to you and you've seen it happen to me, the testimony is that now I'm a boss. Um, now I educate others in credit, I educate people in, um, in real estate things. Uh, any question people may have, man, I'm just willing to help. So that's the biggest thing, man, with the two tying in together is all about helping people, teaching them to grow, and again, you know, launching into entrepreneurship and, and owning things, man. So that's what's what the most common question that you get in terms of uh, people trying to repair their credit? Uh, what is the process of it? Um, is it just dispute things off your credit? No, it's not just disputing things. I mean, I, we could you can get stuff knocked off your credit all day, but the question is, are you going to be responsible enough once those things are knocked off your credit? Are you going to be responsible to pay that credit card bill? You know, people don't understand that you want to. If you're if you have a five hundred dollar credit card, man, mm -hmm. you want to put nothing but. 10 to 15 dollars on that you want to put like 10 percent on the card not you go put 250 or 500 because when that begins to report uh you know to the credit bureau man um it helps out a lot that they see the list that you spend but they see that you can continuously being responsible for the things that you're doing so you know mm. a lot of time it's just all about the process of what you're doing you know with the credit so is it good to um close credit cards or is that a terrible no, idea you know like people no. are people in the past have been known to cut up credit cards you know and like 
Should they not do it? Is it the worst idea ever? It's the worst idea ever because of what you know people fail to realize that it comes down to uh, look at your credit history. The amount of history that you have and the accounts that you have open is a very important part. I'm not telling everybody to go get uh, 10 and 20 credit cards. No. You can get three or four accounts, but it's the history of their accounts and the responsibility that you show in your credit history when people go to pull your credit. So when it comes to a home or even getting into business, as far as credit stuff, people look at how responsible you was in your history. And you got to understand that, um, especially being an African-American, you know, things are definitely held against you. So you want to be on point and you know you do not want to close accounts. That's the worst thing that you can do because it, it actually hurts your credit more than help you. Because when they see closed account, they look at, hmm, there's something negative happening, even if you did do something positive. So you want to keep uh, your history open as, you know, long, as long as possible and open as possible. And just, you know, like I said, just be responsible. You don't have to use the, the credit card, but, you know, keep them accounts open. Okay. Now, I want to pivot to something a little fun here. Got about 20 minutes left. And it's Sunday fun day, for goodness sakes. So let's have a little bit of fun. I see Carlton in the chat talking about food earlier. You know, when I asked you what what keep he said, what keeps you in in, uh, the area is the food. You know, (laughs) I love the food. So what is your favorite, favorite food? Like if you had one last meal and it said, hey, Jabbar, uh, you can only have this one thing. What would it be? Seafood, gotta be some seafood. I love me some seafood, I love man. I, man, I, <laughs> gotta, gotta yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I love the seafood, um, because it's gumbo in New Orleans, just synonymous with that area. Um, you know, we did a crab boil yesterday, <laughs> I knew that was good. yeah, man. <laughs> so, what seafood do you love most? Ooh, I'm a, I'm a fish and shrimp man. I love. I, I eat that all day. There's some good cocktail sauce, some you know, a little ketchup, you know. But yeah, I'm, a, I'm a definitely a fish and shrimp man. I like I, every time I go out, my wife will probably say I get the same thing. But I do because I love it. I mean, I'm gonna continually eat that. So it had to be my last meal. It's gonna be some seafood. So we got a question from the chat: Is it gonna be fried or grilled? Ooh. Uh, if, 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 my, if my trainer's on, it's gonna be grilled. I'm getting right <laughs> If your trainer's on, <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm gonna sneak and eat it, yeah, you know, my veggies, baby, maybe a little fried, you know. But grill, <laughs> grill is the proper answer for that one. <laughs> Do you eat boudin a lot? No, I don't. Not, not like I used to, um, because I've decided to, you know, be in control of my health. Um, I, I, I do good. Like when I was younger, I used to eat it a whole lot, but now, um, I'm more into um, what's good for my body. I am 41 now, and you know, um, I do have my shortcomings when it comes to, um, you know, certain things. But um, my biggest goal is to <laughs> continually, you know, go. Yeah, my, you know, my goal is to continue, to grow, man, uh, and doing better um, with my health. And uh, you know, just working out and you know what I eat. So uh, it be, it done became very important. Um, I do it, have. My I see you in the gym, like you, like okay. 
I, I want to ask you something about the gym because uh, you and Sherman, y'all, y'all, I don't know if you're still a gym rat, but I know that. Is. Um, how much can you lift at this point? I guess I got to specify which way. Like, do you do you bench press any, or do you just do like curls and whatnot? Oh man, I do. Uh, I do a lot of extensive. Uh... Uh, from this person to whatever, man, uh, just basically about your muscle growth and uh, just muscle endurance. Uh, for what I've been trained to do, um, I don't put a limit on what I can actually lift. It's all about what I'm amped up to, to push up there. Um, it's all about the, you know, the, you know, some good rest, man, some good energy, and like I said, a good surrounding. Um, you know, shout out to my boy, uh, you know, Chris, uh, Christopher Ben, man, who introduced me, um, definitely to the to the workout game and being um in control of myself and pushing man past my limits so um for me man it's just it's, i've just continually grown in the last two and a half years so um i don't really know what's my limit because i don't put a limit on myself because i'm a lion in the jungle you know so a lion in the jungle ain't gonna take on anything so i don't know <laughs> i ain't about to put no limit on myself because i'm a lion i don't know <laughs> but i can lift some weight you know what I'm saying? So anybody want to, you know, want to get up in there and do a little workout, they better be ready because I'm going to give it all I got. Yeah, you, you make me look terrible because, um, yeah, I don't know the last time I lifted weight. You know, I, <laughs> I try, but I, I'm definitely not disciplined at all. Hey, you the grill master. How you going? You can't work out and be the grill master. So somebody got to make the sacrifice. I'm going <laughs> to I'll be that. <laughs> Every day of the week, I'll be that. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're there to help people get on the right path. I'm there to pull them back in. <laughs> I, I got you. So the choice is they got to make the choice. You're going to be this side or you're going to be that side. Right. I'm pretty sure you, know, you can like have that. balance. You know, there's yeah. those cheat days. <laughs> Ooh, yes, indeed. yeah, definitely. That is true. You enjoy yourself. And I'm over and indulge, but definitely enjoy yourself. So, that is so you brought up the grill thing. So, of course, got to ask, um, what what is what is your favorite grilled item? My favorite grilled item, I would have to say chicken. I, you know, I I'm mm. trying to grill because I will not lie on this podcast and act like I'm just a grill man. Anything, I am an okay uh, man trying to become better to do it. <laughs> So I would have to say chicken because that's just what I can do. And you know, so <laughs> know your limitations. I, I know my limitations. I'm not about to sit here and act like I can do this. And then I may can because it's in my blood to be great. So yeah. I'm going to say chicken right now. <laughs> so white meat or dark meat? Ooh, I would I'm about to say dark because, you know, white kind of dry out. Even though I love the, the yeah. breast and stuff like that. But I would have to say dark is dark holding so I'm gonna stick with hockey when it comes to that. So if you had a choice of the style of wing, would it be the drummies or the flats? Damn. I'm a drum person. Yeah, I'd be I feel the drummies. See, see that's how I know we family. That, that's how yeah, we yeah. I got to dig in. I got to dig in <laughs> I got to, got to let that take accentuate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> gotta stop laughing. Um, <laughs> um, do you like it sauced or do you like it dry, Rob? Oh man, sauce. 
Gotta have that sauce on that man, cause everybody got that different sauce, man. Everybody, yeah. you know, it's something, it's something about somebody with a signature sauce, man. Sh- man, you know, you gotta get what they say, man. You gonna slap your mama, you know? What I'm saying? <laughs> hold on, I hold ain't on. tell nobody hold what's on, I ain't tell nobody what's their mama, but you know, hey, what I'm just I, I got a sound effect for that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that was coming, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the sound of. The mama slapping you back. <laughs> yeah. And put you on your back. So by no means nobody go slap their mama. <laughs> so what is the place, the the one place other than uh, around where you live, which was the most enjoyable trip that you ever took? Whew. I would have to say my favorite trip that I've taken would have to be uh the recent one in Jamaica. I would have to see Jamaica, man. Oh man, Jamaica and uh, Lord, uh, Montego, Montego Bay. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. it was definitely it was beautiful, man. The um, the culture, our people, man. They just embraced you, man. They showed you love, man. They took care of you, man. It was like seeing your brother. They just was on a whole different. It was just from a whole different other place, but man, those people are full of love, man. Uh, the culture is beautiful. The people are beautiful. Um, there's just so much love and just and just just the vibe is just nice, man. I I never drunk that much alcohol in my life. I was chilling, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> so, so you know what I'm saying? Sip, sip, enjoy, sip, sip, enjoy, you know. So good vibes, good people, good drinks. <laughs> it sounds like a song I heard before. Yeah. <laughs> so if <laughs> you were in Jamaica. You always gotta ask, did you partake? Oh no, no smoke. No smoke. No, I no smoke. No smoke. No smoke. No smoke, man. I ain't want no dark cloud over me. I had to look at what we was doing. And all between all this, you know, climbing up waterfalls and zip line and all that. That's being controlled of what I was doing. So yeah, you know. How was how was the zip lining thing? I'm kind of you know, there was this one story about this girl that got a um um, what what is it? Uh, an infection, um, a flesh eating by bacteria, uh, when she got scratched by the cable or something like that. And I'm scared of heights too. I, I'm not afraid to say it. Um, how was that experience? Was that your first time doing it? No, uh, my wife is crazy with trying all these different stuff, so I I, I can't be no chump, <laughs> and I can be some. You can't look like, like no punk, huh? Yeah, I can't go no punk. But uh, you know, we started ziplining. You know, we went to Hawaii, and um, that was that was even that was even I'm gonna say scarier and and and, and uh, more thrilling. But uh, you know, the height thing, um, you just gotta do what you gotta do. And you know, uh, it was on a ten year anniversary. She said we gotta go. I had the man up and go. I seen all these other men with their wives, and I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna say I was the. I was the, you know, I stood there trying to be so strong, and I saw I was going. I was grabbing off that tree every time I got to the next, uh, <laughs> to the next one, you know. But when I, I represented when I went to Jamaica, when I got on that zip line, though, I was ready. I was ready this time, you know. I said, manned up on my big boy, and you know, I handled my business. So let it be noted: the first time, yeah, I was a little scared, but the second time, yeah, I was the people's champ, and it was it was thrilling. It was just something to remember, though, man. It was just fun. You know, that, that experience was definitely something I think everybody should try. Even if you're scared, you know, just face your fear and do it. Um, it's, you'll be able to you'll have a good time. So how were you, like, how did you zip line? Did Were you 
you had to hold on to something or were you kind of like um, anchored in or strapped on in a way just in case you slipped? Uh, the second time you got like uh, two straps that you hooked up to uh, when it comes to the cable. The first time it's just one, man. It's like uh, the one in Hawaii, man. That was very intense. Like you just got your gloves and stuff like that. You got your line that you hold on to, but um, it's it's strong cable. I know it seems scary, but you know once you get rolling and you really understand what you do, it's really fun. But you can conquer that fear and just go with it. And yeah, you'll definitely enjoy yourself. I, I, like I said, it's something I recommend to everybody to at least try, you know what I'm saying? Because I hate heights, but <laughs> that's, something, that's something that I, I don't regret doing and something that I enjoyed, actually. So That's you know. good. Uh, what was your favorite food being in Jamaica? Oh, man, I would have to say, uh, let me see. It had to be their 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 fruits. Uh, they have this fruit. I can't. I ain't gonna lie about the name, but their fruit was really good to me. Um, I tried their different foods and papaya uh, something like that. Uh, that might that might have been. I know that was one fruit. That could have been one fruit. But I'm not. Was I'm not going. I can't say I can recall exactly the fruit name. Because you were drinking too much. Yeah, I was drinking too much. So <laughs> how many drinks? Did it take? I don't know. I was, you know, I was chilling. You know what I'm saying? So I understand their rum good. I can tell you that. that oh, yeah, good. I bet. Yeah, that rum was good. <laughs> uh, was it a dark or a white rum? Oh, white rum. White oh, okay. rum. But it's always, it had a different. Kept the party going. Been, oh, huh? Kept the party going. Huh? Oh, man. Every day, you know. <laughs> every day. Now, w- was it coconut rum? I would imagine, or was it yeah. just? Well, you know, Jamaica is a, is really the foundation for rum. Um, they really have a big rum um um facility out there. Like they really are the foundation for rum. So, I mean, man, yeah. it was all different kinds, man. So you had a different uh a different rum um every day, um it being the foundation for the for the drink that they were making. So um you know, shout out to you know Jamaica from. You know, not just for their drinks, man, but their whole culture, man. I tell everybody, go out there, man, enjoy it, love it, embrace it, because it's definitely an experience worth remembering. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, we got about six minutes left. Let's do a little more fun. <clears throat> I imagine you grew up on old school R&B, like Motown and all that, and listened to a lot of different music, maybe still. Um I want I want to do something real quick. <clears throat> Give you a couple of choices. You got to pick one. Now, normally, normally I would have you commit to taking a shot if you can't decide on either of them. But sounds like you still might be recovering from that trip. So <laughs> now you can do it later and just tell me. I'll take a tally if you want, and you can um yeah you can do it later since it's Sunday Fun Day, but. Let's do a couple of things. Now, I got to pull this off the top of my head. So sorry if there's a little pause in me thinking, but I got the first one down. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be classic uh, two classic R&B pop, whatever genres they crossed over um, after that. You got to pick one. Got to pick one. You ready? Okay. All right. So Michael Jackson or Prince? Michael Jackson. All right. Um, Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey? Whitney Houston. Okay. All right. Pretty easy so far, right? 
Um, let me see. Hmm. This this I don't know if this is gonna be fair, but why not? Sam Cook or Marvin Gaye? Oh, yeah, that's a rough one. Marvin Gaye was smooth. Sam Cook was strong with the with the with the with the sound. But I'm gonna have to go with Marvin. Marvin was a player for the singer. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Marvin. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little bit more current. Maybe like '90s. Okay. '90s R&B. So let's see. Joe to see. Or Drew Hill? Jodeci. All right. Well, since you picked Jodeci, Jodeci or Blackstreet? Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah. For my brother Carlton, I'm going to say Blackstreet. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he likes Blackstreet like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, we definitely family. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a, there's a top tier here. So the next one up is... Black Street or Boys to Men? Boys to Men for me. I'm the boys to men. I'm boys to men. All right, now. Now, here we go. Here we go. It's going into the rap section a little bit. It's going to the rap section. Let's go. Let's go. You know, everybody has to ask the question Biggie or Pop? Pac for me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, let me see. You got. Let me see. Um, now th- there was supposed to be a versus battle recently, but <laughs> this one person kind of like throw shade at the other. <clears throat> so in terms of how they threw out hits, like produced a whole bunch of hits in the nineties. Would it be bad boy or so so deaf? Man, I'm a, I'm, I can give more props to uh to JD man. JD had a lot of different collabs that I know Puff threw out a lot of shades on, but I mean, yeah, you had a lot of you know Puff stuff, but you know JD man did so many different things with so many different artists, man. So I, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna show a lot of so so deaf on that. You know, you know, bad boy. You know, you know Puff, he. You know, he he put people out there, but then you know, a lot of his artists left him. JD, everybody still <laughs> yeah. so JD, everybody still showing JD love. So I got still so so deaf, man. You know, shout out to the so so deaf fam, man. All right, I I would definitely agree with that. And you know, I gotta ask. You know, I gotta ask. You probably don't know I I, I was gonna ask, but yeah, Jay Z or Nas. I love both, but due to recent album, I'm gonna have to go with Nostradamus on this one. It's two consecutive fire albums, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think if he had Hit Boy as his producer back in the day, uh, I don't know. He he might be in the place of Jay Z. He I think I think they learned from each other. Nas is more of a business person now from, you know, the contact that he had with Jay-Z. But, you know, bar for bar, Nas did have him. He just didn't have the production value to accentuate his flow. I don't know. I, that's how I feel about that. 
Um, let's see. <clears throat> a little bit of gospel since it is Let's Sunday. Go. Okay. Fred Hammond or Donnie McClurkin? Man, I'm Fred Hammond fan all day. That was Fred too Hammond. easy. That was too easy. Uh, Shirley Caesar or Dottie Peoples? Woo! <laughs> now that's fair. <laughs> I'm a park because I respect both, but uh, I love old Shirley. You know, Shirley, uh, Shirley season for me, Shirley. I love Shirley, oh, the voice. I love Shirley season. I love All Shirley right. Season. So let me, so let, let's get one last thing in and we'll close out. Um, now I got, I got to, I got to think real hard about this one. I gotta think real hard about this one. Oh boy, I gotta reach. I gotta reach. Oh, oh, oh! This is not gospel though. Oh, oh my! I don't know if this is fair, but neither of them could see, so I guess that category would leave them. Uh, Stevie Wonder or Ray Charles? Oh. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, man, I love Ray Charles, but I'm gonna go with Stevie, man. Stevie, uh, you know, best man. I don't know. Every time I think of Stevie, when I think of that that best man scene, man, that kiss to the forehead. So I'm gonna go with Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing the game. You know, that was. <laughs> you don't have to take any shots. Look at that. He's decisive. Oh. He's not only grounded, motivated, but he is definitely decisive. I, I probably would have took a few shots. I'm, I'm just indecisive like that. Um, but this was an awesome, awesome conversation. I thank you for coming on the podcast. You got to come on again, uh, hopefully. And we can talk about some more stuff. It doesn't always have to be about business. We can just shoot. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, so I lied. One last one. I know you're a, and I hope I don't get this wrong. I know you're a 49ers fan. All day, every day. Okay. All right. All day. Well, okay. So there is there are two people that are considered the goats from two different eras. Would you go with Joe Montana or Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Gotta go respect it. Tom Brady. That's how you close out the show, people. <laughs> <laughs> I was tricked. That's your favorite quarterback. So you got that. <laughs> Amen. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> whew, that was fun. Tell yeah, people yeah. where to find you, how to contact you for either the credit repair, uh, the the uh, like buying properties, any any of that information that you want to pass on. Give it to the people so they can find. You. Man, you can get in touch with me on the social platform, uh, Facebook, uh, my, uh, Reginald Smith. Um, you can reach me in my messenger on uh, Instagram, Reginald versus Jabbar. Uh, you can reach me anytime my credit repair on the property game on, on both platforms. Um, again, I'm always here. Uh, you can hit me on the cell phone at 225 326 as well. You need to hit me up on the phone. Um, again, I'm here for the people. Or you can contact me on any round from the credit to the property game and um let's 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 change lives and uh, let's just go up oh man so 
blessed to have you on this show. Uh, it's been long overdue, and we definitely got to do it again. For those that are listening live, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate all the comments and and all the feedback that you've given over the past few episodes. We're trying something new. You notice that there's some sound effects going on. So we're trying to enhance the quality of the sound and the experience. Make sure that you follow uh, me on social media at Charlie Maverick. Let me put that thing back up there real quick. So you can stay in tune with all the episodes that drop on the Mavcast podcast network. Let me just run through them real quick, real quick, real quick. We got Jesus Take the Wheel. That is with my mother and I, and we do that once a month. We got the Backyard Pitmaster podcast, which is about all things live fire. And we got the flagship, which you're listening to now, the Mavcast. And all of them are on one RSS feed. You can just find me on any, any place where you listen to podcasts or YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We stream live simultaneously every Sunday around 11 a.m. Make sure that you stay blessed, highly favored, and just have a great Sunday fun day. We're going to take you out with a little bit of outro music. Let's have some fun. I don't want to I don't want to say Thank you.